world-class lessons from the real estate industry's top 1%, empowering agents to think bigger and do more to create life by design. Get access to exclusive interviews with top producing real estate professionals. Listen in as we talk about their journey in the business, best practices, and lessons learned. Hosted by Kiron Rala and John Scipioni. You mean one thing that we always say in our office is just action is better than perfection, right? This is Light It Up with Lighthouse Residential. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up Podcast. Super excited about today's guest. We have with us uh, a, a member of our uh, brokerage, uh, Lighthouse Residential, Miss Nikki Piazza. Hi, thank you for having me, guys. Very excited to be here, see what this podcast is all about. So, very excited. <laughs> So Nikki's sort of a, an interesting um, role here because Nikki has been with the team now five and a half yeah. years. And the first four years she was with us, she was in more of an administrative supportive role, transaction coordinator, listing manager, uh, any sort of you know support staff position, you name it, she's done it. Um, but what we wanted to focus on today was the last year and a half that you've been with the team, you've been a full-time licensed yes. agent. Yep. Right. Primarily working on the buy side, most recently getting a little bit more on the, the listing side. Um, but the exciting part is that uh, this year you're on track to do over 40 transactions. Yeah. And what we wanted to talk about is how you were able to earn over six figures in income in your very first year, because that's uh, that's quite a huge accomplishment. Thank you. And uh, I think a lot of people would would certainly find it. Yeah, interesting. definitely. Um, yeah, so I mean, like you just said too, I started working with uh, John about a year out of college. I uh, wasn't really sure what um, you know I wanted to do. I went to school for communications, was trying some different stuff, and just you know uh, took an opportunity with John. And yeah, didn't know anything about real estate. Um, you know, very, very limited and was able to work with uh, the brokerage to learn everything from the ground up. So like you're saying too, obviously within uh, the last year and a half, uh, took the jump to become a full-time salesperson, which is something I never thought about doing. Um, and yeah, just has been very exciting so far. It's something I wish that I did sooner, but um, you know, definitely happy to talk with you guys today about how we are, you know, how I got here basically and, and moving forward. Awesome. See, Nikki's super humble. <laughs> she won't tell you. She won't tell you that uh, she, when she first interviewed with our office, she was also interviewing to be a <laughs> flight attendant, um, which is oh awesome. Oh my gosh. Right? You know, that's certainly a, a career that, uh, very different. you know, a lot of people look <laughs> very at. Different. But what she also didn't tell you is that she has a huge fear yes. of flying. Yeah. I was about yeah. to say that. Uh, the decision was easy, yeah. basically. Uh, it's also <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, really, I, it sounds like you, you even adding that too. It's, it, there was no you know, specific knowing of what I wanted to do. Um, I think that you know, I remind myself every day, I don't know if I didn't meet certain people and, and certain things didn't turn out if I'd ever be in this role. So. You know, very grateful for that. Yeah. <sighs> awesome. That's really nice. The um, the one thing that's interesting is a lot of people who get into real estate, they're either exposed to like TV shows, they see like million dollar listings, they see selling sunset, 
and their thought process is, oh, this is really nice. I'd love to do this. Can you can you share a little bit of what your experience was for your first year? Yeah. <laughs> I guess expectations versus reality. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, funny because I feel like I did watch all of those fun shows, you know, when I was never thinking of being a salesperson and would think the exact same thing. It's, you know, a very glamorous job. You get your own schedule to do whatever you want all the time and then someone cuts you a check at the end of the month. So um, very much not like that. Um, you know, this is really only my first or I should say second year full, full time, um, you know, throughout the, like a full year. So it's, it's a lot of work. It's, um, everything I think most people think it, it's opposite. So, you know, flexible schedule, it's actually a very strict schedule, you know, doing whatever you want to do. It's, it's, you know, sticking to basics and skills and learning and all those things to be able to be successful. So, um, yeah, it's fun to think about that, you know, I think, and probably some people too think all the stuff that we post and, um, you know, it, it's fun, obviously, it's a very fun job, but it's, it's very, very, a lot of work and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest part people forget is it's actually a sales job. Yes. It's not something that you're going to go in there and you're like, look at me. No. Nope. By the house. No, quite the opposite almost, so think those things really sell themselves. It's being able to be that factor with helping someone buy or sell that is where the value is. So um, that's really yeah. the role. <laughs> it's interesting because, it, you know, um, I could probably get in trouble for saying this, but I don't really care. <laughs> um, you know, on that horrible salesperson exam that you have to pass mm -hmm. to get this, they don't teach you, train you, or educate you in any way about these sales skills that you're supposed to have. So these people can easily get a license in two weeks. There's no barriers to entry. And now all of a sudden they're handling the most important, usually the most important transaction of someone's life yeah. with absolutely no sales skills. Yeah. And it's terrifying if you ask me. So, you know, it leaves us as team leaders in a position where it's like, Hey, now we have all these licensed people who are handling transactions under our name mm -hmm. with no sales skills. So, I think that's where we sort of take, you know, sort of need to jump in and, and realize like, hey, you know, try to figure out quickly what level of sales skills people have, right? Yeah. And I think for you, um, and I say this lovingly, <laughs> like, I think when you first meet Nikki, you don't really, she doesn't jump out at you as like, oh my God, she's like an incredible salesperson because she's, you know, a lot of times when you think of salespeople, you think of like the loudest person in the room yeah. or the most talkative or the Car dealer guy, the most yeah. outgoing, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's why she's been so successful in my opinion, because she's, you know, a little bit more under the radar. <laughs> well, Nikki, what do you think makes you different than a lot of people who don't work out in the industry? Um, I mean, that's like, I guess a very broad question, but uh, mm. I, I would say, Again, I never thought I'd be in this type of role. So I've never gone into it mentally being like, you know, it's that salesy job, you know, I'm going to be have to be slick and, you know, sell everyone. Like I, I've kind of went, you know, I learned everything first before going into everything. And yeah. that's, I think, what gives me confidence every day talking to people. Um, but it's yeah, I did it in reverse. Like I remember, you know, like you were just talking about everyone takes the test. Like I remember I was working already maybe a, you know, 
two, three years before I got my license in the real estate field. And, you know, even just being in those classes, it was weird because it was a contradiction of what actually happens in the real world. And it is scary that, you know, it's just that test and then they go out there and do things. But um, it's it's very different applying that actual knowledge to real life. And it's, um, yeah, that's, I guess, what makes me a little different is starting <laughs> from not coming from that original place of, oh, yeah, just, just thinking yeah. sales. So, you know, my first year I got licensed when I was 18. Um, and I didn't do my first deal until eight months in the business. And I remember when I was going through the exam part, the, the broker that I started at, it was like, here, make sure you have six months worth of reserves and then just go ahead, just you'll, 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 you'll kill it. You'll, you'll do a good job. Eight months into it, I'm just like, no one's, no one's actually like buying anything with me. What's going on here? Yeah. And then after that, I was introduced to the coaching part and I realized it is a sales job. So it took me eight months to realize that yeah. where for you, you knew that right from the get because of the exposure you had. Yeah. So if you had to share the impact that exposure had on your success, how would you say, or how would you connect the two together for you? Um, yeah, I mean, just the exposure of being involved in um, a brokerage that, you know, had serious agents and we were, you know, doing a number of deals, I think allowed me to be in conversations and situations that helped prepare me then to do this full time. Um, but I think, again, going back to it, there's no preparing as much as I thought I would be prepared to go full time and, and save and maybe try to line anything up like this job is very unpredictable. We talk about obviously on our team and, and in our office, just creating a, you know, uh, a job to make it predictable by doing activities, but it's still, there's, you know, I had preparation and it was still really hard. So I always think people yeah. that are going to be real sales people are a little bit crazy because it's, it is, it's a really big thing. It's whatever you do now, obviously is going to, you know, you're not going to see the results uh, for the next three to six months. And those are for skilled people. So doing that yeah. without those skills is, you know, it's going to take time. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's interesting to see. And, and you know, it's, Nikki did have a leg up, obviously, as we said, she was, you know, in the office for the first four years, not actually doing her own transactions. Um, because just me as like a team leader, I'm like, if Nikki's going to do 40 deals this year and right, like for people watching this, like just for a comparison point, the average agent in our market does about three or four transactions per year. So, you know, let's just say it's four that's 10 times the amount of the average agent, right? Mm -hmm. But I would argue you're doing, you know, significantly more activities on skill development, time management, right? Um, all sorts of different training. Yeah. And not only that, but in preparation for this position as an agent, right? You've been putting out fires and handling transactions for our team for the first three years. So yeah. I don't know if I'm indirectly saying like, maybe, maybe, people that are considering getting their license and being an agent really should, you know, spend some time learning the business a little bit first, yeah. uh, if they want to really, you know, jumpstart their career. Because in hindsight, if you think about it, right, like you were supporting the team for four years, um, you know, and we were doing anywhere from 100 to 200 transactions each of those years. So you effectively handled somewhere in the realm of, I don't know, six to 800 transactions. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So you've seen everything, right? Like you've seen houses that have three oil tanks. Yeah. Yes, we have those in New Jersey. Yeah, you've seen homes that have had appraisal issues, mm -hmm. homes that have had major inspection issues. You've seen the real crazy sellers, the real crazy buyers, yeah. all ends of the spectrums. Spectrum. So, you know, I think that certainly, you know, got you to the position where you are. But I think what people really need to realize is, you know, you didn't jump into this with, you know, a book of business. Your dad's not a developer. Mm. You know, you don't have a lot of very high profile friends. You just as soon as you got your license said, oh, Nikki, mm. you know, I've been looking to buy a, you know, a two million dollar condo or anything like that. Yeah. Right? So no. <laughs> talk, talk to us about how, you know, how you've been able to or some of the challenges. How did you phrase yeah. it? The challenges. the challenges. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Some of the challenges that you weren't expecting going into full time that came up and how you dealt with them. Yeah, no, I think it's um, it's it's interesting to look at the full picture of, yeah, how many deals I have been a part of if they've not been directly mine. And with that, you know, in my head, too, mentally, I was thinking going in full time. Wow, I've I've seen a lot going to prepare me for a lot, but there's still stuff every day that's new, a new challenge, a new, you know, situation. It's, I feel like surprises all of us. So you're never going to be fully ready, but, um, you know, having that exposure, being around people that you can, you know, accelerate learning from is, I think, a part of what the big challenge is in this job to be able to do it then successfully. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. When you think about the, um, the, the startup time and when you're going through it and it says, okay, here's your follow-up boss account, start making calls. What were some of the shocks that were, uh, that you experienced right from the get and how did you overcome those? Um, I mean, again, I had some background of conversations, but just, you know, understanding that every lead is, is not going to be a lead today. Um, every conversation is, you know, even if you've had conversations, could be a crazy person, could be a normal person, not quite sure, but, um, you know, being able to take notes, really, uh, ask the right questions with people too. And, and obviously in the CRM that we use, it's pretty user friendly of being able to organize things. And, you know, we, you, you know, you guys are helping us all organize it in a certain way to be able to be the most productive. But, um, yeah, just, just asking the right questions, being a real person again, not going back yeah. to that salesperson thing, finding the actual needs that, you know, that person on the other line is, you know, on the other end is just looking for and, and being able to assist with that. The thing that I would maybe challenge is I think that you're an amazing salesperson, but the, the salesperson word, I guess has a negative, yeah. Yeah. uh, you know, vibe when you hear it yeah. because the reality is, is that to be a good salesperson, you have to be persistent as hell uh, and you have to be someone who's providing value and is irreplaceable in the marketplace. Yeah. So I remember I told you the story before there was a lead that came in on one of our listings and I, it was only an email. Nikki harassed the hell out of the person until harassed they were able, made me strong. Let's use a different word. So yeah. lead follow up was very strong. Yeah. On that one. <laughs> but this lead came in, there was no phone number. Yeah. It was yeah. just an email address. And I remember seeing the thread. You had yeah. printed it out. And we posted it on the wall or whatever it was. And Nikki had reached out to them and said, hey, listen, you know, I, I understand you're looking to, to buy a home. You know, how can I help you or whatever it yeah. was? And no response. And then another email. 
and then another email, and then a month goes by, and another email, and two months go by, and another email. And you were talking to yourself, let's yeah, be honest, right? I was. For six, seven months, and then all of a sudden they said, hey, this one that you sent me recently looks interesting, like when can we see it? And yeah. two, you know, a week later they were under contract. Yeah, yeah I think, So. yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I think that's something with like, Kara, what you were just saying, with like speaking with leads, a lot of people think, oh, I have a lead, I'm just gonna reach out, it's gonna work, and, and it's gonna go forward. It's it's definitely not that even, you know, and that buyer was a great buyer. I remember the whole deal. Like it was, yep. they were, you know, you'd think that if they were ignoring me for so long, maybe they were rude or whatever it is. It just wasn't the right timing. So if I would have forgotten yep. about that person and, and moved on to the next and moved on to the next, I would have lost that. So, um, yeah, being in front of people with, you know, those leads and, and following up as much as possible so that when it is the, the right time, it's, you, they're the first person you think of. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. I, I think you're really great too at at you know planting, having a great maybe the best way to say it is like having a great first impression, mm -hmm. where people will say, hey. You know, I'm not ready to do something today, but when I am, I'm definitely going to call that girl. Like yeah. I don't know what it was she said, but <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. She knows her markets. She knows her market stats. She knows. It sounds like she's been doing this for a really long time. She's been helping a lot of people and. You know, we might not be ready today, but when we are, I'm going to save her number. Whereas I think when I was getting started in the business, I was like, hey, are you ready today? And they're like, no. And I'm like, tomorrow? They're like, no. Nah. And I'm like, forget about that person. Yeah. I'm only looking for people who are ready right now. Yeah. Where, you know, you create that relationship. And I think a lot of times, maybe it's not as obvious to you because you're obviously, you know, it's your own little world. But <laughs> from an outsider's perspective, a lot of times, other agents that are new to the business, when you ask them, hey, how did you find that lead? They're like, oh, I met him at an open house last week. Or, hey, you know, it came across, they called into the office today. These are like recent activities yeah. where, yes, you have a lot of those in your, in your, you know, file. Yeah. Yeah. But in addition to that, a lot of the people you're talking to, like you told me this morning, yeah. you're like, this person that's under contract now, I talked to them, I looked back, like, I first spoke to them 19 months ago or something, Yeah, you know, or, or whatever it was, but, yeah. um, you know, so yeah, yeah. You, you just, uh, you know, you have that, that, uh, perseverance too. I think you just won't take no for an answer sometimes too. Yeah, definitely you know, that too. <laughs> I think, yeah. And that, uh, was, you know, talking to you guys this week, um, uh, just of like, that new agent coming in and again, expecting those leads. It's going to be today. It's going to be today. And, and that's not always the case. So I, you know, this is my job, my career. I don't think I'll be retired by next year or, or two years from now, unfortunately, but you know, it's, uh, you know, if I have an actual connection with someone and not every conversation, you know, sometimes I don't have a connection or they're, you know, think I am annoying or whatever the case is. But I think, the genuineness of certain conversations definitely, you know, read to certain people, most people. So, you know, then again, to keep that and, uh, you know, again, a year from now, hope to, to help them whenever it's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting because when you think about <clears throat> like the sales that you've closed, right, they can range anywhere from 1.7 million all the way down to what, like a hundred thousand, 150,000. Yeah. I could say condo that, queen. Condo, condo queen. There you go. There you <laughs> we have a joke in our office that Nikki's the condo queen because yep. she somehow I'll be the condo queen I, all day. <laughs> yeah, 
Who cares? I, yeah. I said that all, my entire life, right? Yeah. I don't care what the price point is, which yeah. probably has, has hurt me at times. Yeah. yeah. But if it's if 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 the fair market value is five hundred thousand and the seller will list it at four ninety nine, I will work that lead all day long. Yeah. Because they're motivated. Yeah. Right? No, that's but so we true. tease Nikki in our office because she somehow attracts these like two hundred thousand uh, dollar, you know, people who want a condo in like specific areas, and you just yeah. Hey. Sometimes they're the easiest ones too. So it's yeah, yeah. back to uh, the type of person or, or motivation there. So some of those, you know, even if it is two hundred thousand dollars, met them twice, went under contract, and and that's it. So it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, finding that motivation and again asking those right questions. Yeah, and the beauty you. of the whole thing is that no matter what price point they're in, you're always making them feel important. A thousand you're percent. Always valuing what's important to them over what you care about, which is yeah. the commission, whether it's two hundred or one point seven. Yeah, so yeah. There's that, that's what makes the difference between someone like yourself and uh, an average agent. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like again goes back with like that glamorous lifestyle. I'm going to go into, you know, this job and sell $2 million houses all day. And, and we have helped people sell, you know, $200 million homes and same on the opposite end. But, um, I think it's funny. I remember when I first got my license and it was just, I think like a rental in Hoboken, but I walked in and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't know, like the, the person didn't clean up and like in my head I'm freaking out and like the person loved it and they rented it. And you know, there's always, there's a property for everyone. There's you know, a price on everything. So just keeping all those things in mind and, and helping that person if that's what they want, you know, to be able to navigate that. Yeah. And one of the challenges I think that people struggle with is when they're in an office and they see somebody producing like crazy and they're comparing themselves to and they're saying, oh, well, how come this person is doing so much? Maybe they're doing, you know, they have a secret lead source. Like when we talk to different people in mastermind groups and whatnot, we're like, what's their secret sauce? Yeah. And you kind of get it blown away by the simplicity of their action, like their activities, actually. Yeah. Uh, did you struggle with that? How do you combat that? Or what advice would you share with someone who is dealing with that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously comparing yourself. And, and I know I have some background. So even though it's my only true, true second year, it's, you know, hard to compare, um, to maybe someone who's just two years, just doing this, you know, it was their first day. So, but, um, you know, not being, not comparing yourself, but, um, not reinventing the wheel. So, um, looking at those, you know, simple activities, replicating those and, and focusing on yourself, you know, what you could work on, you know, because what I can, be a benefit of, or, or that I do really well, someone else may not do. And I may need to work on something a little bit more than another person. So, um, yeah, just being able to, uh, not compare, but, uh, you know, just, just work on yourself and, and focus there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough because we all want to compare, right? Yeah. You know, I, I find myself doing that all the time, right. Where, especially in a business where, you know, there's a lot of ego and there's yeah. a lot of competitiveness, right? And I think it's okay to compare at some points where you're saying, hey, wait a second, there are buyer's agents out there working with closing 10 buyers every month. Yeah. So knowing that it's feasible is great. Yeah. Because once you know that somebody else does it, you could just figure out what they do and, and you know, usually replicate at least 80 or 90% of it. Yeah. So I think it's okay to help you like sort of set targets and know that other it's, it's possible. Mm -hmm. 
but then you also have to sort of say, all right, well, you know, uh, I have a different scenario and I have different skills and I have different challenges in my market and, and it's not exactly apples to apples. Yeah. But I think some sort of comparison, knowing that it's feasible is, is incredible. And I, I remember seeing the light go off, like literally I feel like I could see the light go off in your head where you were like, what's, what's the most amount of closings you've had in one month? I think like six. Six, right? Yeah. And people watching this are like, wait a second, six? I yeah. did six deals in my first year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But once you do six deals in one month, you're like, okay, well, that's feasible. Yeah. And, and then you look at it and you're like, shit, I did six deals that month, but I took a week vacation. Like that was actually the week I was on vacation, the month I was on vacation. Yeah. yeah. So now all of a sudden you're like, if I hadn't gone on vacation, could I have done eight? Right. Yeah. And your mind goes to a crazy place and you start doing the bat, you know, you reverse engineer it and you go eight, eight deals a month. I mean, that generally would be, you know, uh, yeah. a, a, a crazy yeah. month. So then you start yeah. playing a game with yourself and you're saying, all right, well, my minimum standard now is going to be five at least. Right. Yeah. And it's incredible. I mean, you know, I always joke, I hate the word blessed because everybody says I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But like we are truly blessed to be in a business where you can say, all right, these are the things I want, whether they're material things or, you know, you know, income things yeah. uh, or goals, and then you can back into it. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty easy. I mean, if you say you want to make a million dollars, that's $83,000 a month. You know, a lot of times, let's say your average commission check is, is, you know, $10,000. You need to find a way to get eight checks a month. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you can reverse engineer it. And that's the beauty of like a commission based business. Yeah. So. yeah. I think what's great about what you said is it all revolves around mind, uh, all revolves around mindset, yeah. which is something that you have, Nikki. Can you share the, the mindset and how it impacts uh, an agent in the business? Yeah, no, for sure. It's, um, I mean, it's huge because obviously, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of what we're doing today is not going to be, you know, I'm not going to see that outcome three months from now, six months from now. So, you know, being able to stay positive and be around other people that push you, hold you accountable, um, and think the same way. I mean, I, I, I still, you know, have a close group of girlfriends that I've known since I was, you know, five or six years old. I'm very close with my family. Uh, but obviously our team, the people that I, you know, we see each other every single day. So, um, just surrounding yourself with other people that um, encourage that because, again, it's I, our jobs, like you guys are saying, are not the normal type of jobs, even a normal sales type job. You know, real estate's its own beast yeah. and things. So, you know, just being able to be around people that, you know, if they're, you know, not able to be um, or have the type of, uh, Op, you know, I don't really want to say opportunities, but, um, with that job to be supportive of you doing that, you know, I think some people probably, I, you know, even my parents probably briefly for a time thought I was like crazy to just go do like, you know, a commission based position. But I think always being surrounded by positive people, people that were actually, you know, doing business because I know, Every agent in every office is not always actually doing these activities and doing business, but to be around people to give me the confidence to do that full time. So, um, 
just staying positive, pushing through, not listening to, you know, small talk on the side from other people and, and, and moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty solid. I think the support system is one of the most important things that support your mindset. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I actually never asked you this. And I'm very curious to hear your answer, uh -oh. too. Um, I feel like there's three stages that your support system, your family and friends go through. You first get your license and they're like, oh, that's that's nice. And then two months into it, they don't see you anymore. They're like, you know what? I don't think this is really it for you. It seems yeah. like you're just working and you're not happy. And then after that, when they see the results, they're just like, OK, do your thing. <laughs> we'll stay away. And I think that middle patch is the hardest part. And my yeah. family was just like, you're crazy for doing what you're doing, man. Go to be doctor or lawyer. I'm well, very curious to hear what your parents said. What they said when I first got my... You left, you left a corporate job in, the, yeah, in, in I think New York. They were very supportive, but I also think in the back of their mind, they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? You just finished four years of college and a master's degree, uh, which you know they paid for 75% of that undergraduate degree. And they're like, now you've taken this position that you didn't need to go to college or you know, even finish high school with for. And they thought I was absolutely nuts. But I don't know. I, did, I, I was a different story. I did it for so long part time that it was actually I was actually saying I'm hindering my you know, I, I was I was hindering myself because there was only so much I could do after I left my full time job. Yeah. So uh, I actually needed to set aside more time during the day because I knew I could, I, could, I knew I could make more of it. So, yeah. uh, but I think my parents never actually said you're nuts, but I think they thought deep <laughs> down, they're like, this is a crazy risk and he shouldn't take it, but yeah. And Nikki prove them wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. And Nikki, for you, was it different because you were with John for, you know, two, three years before that. So they were like, you have a mentor, you're good hands. You're going to be groomed. Or was it, was there some pushback on 100% commission for that uh, kind of trend? I never direct pushback. I mean, there's my family, friends, boyfriend, everyone's super supportive, but I think probably in the back of their heads, we're like, she's a little crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the mentorship, getting into, or we're working obviously with John and then eventually you, Caro, too, of um, it, there was no, you know, honestly, I had full confidence I was only going to succeed. I didn't see, you know, obviously there's struggles and there's work that's put in every single day. But I think them knowing that, you know, I had the mentorship and was in an atmosphere that I could only succeed was probably a lot easier for them to accept versus going rogue and just, you know, doing it <laughs> on my own. So, yeah. 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 I, I think also, too, what we haven't necessarily come out and said here is that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want people to see this and have a misconception that like, you know, um, of, of the structure, right? Like, so, you know, most agents, right. Just sort of go to and from the office as they please, or sometimes just go there to print or pick up a check or whatever it is. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I well, think when I first started the agents in my office would get to the office at 10, they'd go hang around the coffee and I was like, all right, what's up? This is, we're hanging out. They're going to yeah. get out leads at the coffee. And after that, we'd go out to lunch and then we'd come back and I'm just like, so what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that was the schedule that I saw. That's what I thought was normal. Well, what's interesting yeah. is people get in the, into this business because they want to have freedom and flexibility and they don't want a boss and they want to be able to make their own schedule. But then when they make their own schedule, mm -hmm. they don't make any money. 
right? Yeah. Because that are not actually working, right? And I hate to sound old school, but like, you know, I think that's what differentiates you too, Nikki, is that like, you know, you have, you've, you have that structure, you have that, uh, you know, desire to, to go into the office. And, you know, a lot of people think it's old school and like we live in this world of like virtual offices and, and all that's great. And, you know, sometimes when I work from home, I get a little bit more done, but I will tell you the, by going into the office, I learn that much more because I'm, yeah. I'm absorbing what's going on, especially, well, particularly in our office, yeah. some offices I think could be a distraction, but in our office, yeah. you know, we're training where, where, you know, we have certain blocks set aside for training and prospecting and yeah. skill development. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where you've certainly excelled. So, yeah, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, um, that I think going into this full time, obviously, too, I think was just, again, a setup for success. It's um, I'm the type of person even, you know, to work out, I need to schedule a class like I can't just go to the gym. Um, you know, I it's a little OCD with like scheduling of certain things, but like I don't even, you know, uh, trust myself sometimes that I'll get there to the gym or to the you know, it's it's just being held accountable with other people that share the same beliefs, you know, want to work hard, want the same goals at the end of the day is, you know, huge. So, um, and, and this job is so, it can be so constant, you know, there could be no way to turn it off at times because there's so many opportunities like everywhere, um, that to have that structure mentally, I think is another thing that keeps you like all of us strong. There's, I, I don't get out of my car sometimes until I fit. I've joked with you yeah. guys all the time. I will not get out of my car when I get to my apartment unless I finish something. Cause mentally when I get into my apartment, you know, I want to be in that present moment, spending time with family, friends and relaxing for those few hours. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if you saw the car Nikki just bought, you wouldn't want to get out of it. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get out of it either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's important too. It's, um, I, I, th I think it's just it, it, you, you gave the analogy of going to the gym and it's important. Like if I said, hey, I'm, I'm just the kind of person where it's like I need that accountability. Right. Yeah. I need somebody mm -hmm. there waiting for me. And, you know, if I want to excel whatever I'm doing very quickly. Right. And speed up the process, whether I'm trying to learn, you know, golf or I'm trying to lose weight. Uh, I'm not going to the gym by myself, right? I either need to make him meet me there, although he's not as uh, helpful as like a trainer who's got his foot in my ass, right? <laughs> it, it, it's, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the highest degree and, and, you know, really just try to speed up that process. So absolutely. And I know a lot of the viewers listening to this are going to be like, wow, they're just like talking about Nikki and how awesome she is. And you can <laughs> see that we hold you to such a high regard. And it's because of the activities that you're committed to doing and it's the commitment in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if we could take a step back real quick and just go through what your day-to-day -day looks like for the person that's listening to this saying, well, how the hell do I make six figures in my first year? Can you break down a formula for those kind of, uh, those people listening to this for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, so our team, you know, being a part of a team of, again, people that you can hold you accountable and, and can, you know, you can work on those things, but um, I mean, getting in the office, we get in the office at 7.30, not a morning person at all, um, but get into the office at 7.30, we're working on skills and role-playing, you know, between 7.30 and 8. 
we're meeting together our team eight to eight thirty, and then you know we're prospecting all in the morning. So um, nine to twelve, full prospecting, and you know we're now at uh, even recently too, just going through. You know we're at the half mark of the year. How many more deals do I need to hit to get to my goal? So how many contacts am I focusing on every single morning? Um, and we're, you know, obviously only in the office Monday through Thursday, our exact team. Uh, but that's then only four of the seven days that I need to be prospecting, what numbers I need to hit to be able to, you know, again, break down the goal of, of what I'm trying to do this year. So yeah. um, being strict about that. Um, and again, I think sometimes there's catching up of things from the other night and, offers and uh current buyers that are you know have questions things like that being super strict about that and being surrounded by people that are also doing that um and then just uh setting times to meet with buyers after that so you know i I, i'm home by six o'clock you know that's i think fair um but just being super strict with time slots of people that i'm meeting with and um most you know most buyers that are motivated will be getting out to those times. Like we always, you know, we talk about like the doctor's appointments and things like that. Like you're not going to go to your doctors at eight o'clock at night. They're not going to have an appointment for you. So just by keeping those strict, um, schedules. And of course there's things that always come up. Um, you know, there's not going to be opportunities that I turn away. You know, it's only my second full, full year, but, um, you know, just keeping strict to that schedule to be able to mentally continue to do this every day yeah so let me get this straight you're going to sell 40 homes this year and you're only working really like six days a week and trying to be home by like let's say six or seven p.m yeah that's that's i I think most (laughs) days are like that yeah see i think a lot of people think oh my gosh she's going to do 40 deals this year and she must be working 24 7 and she's definitely working saturdays and sundays and I think what people don't realize is when you're in the office and you're, you're there and you're showing up, you're actually working, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times people are going to the office to escape from family and they have all these distractions and, and you know, they're goofing off in the office and going to lunch and going to coffee and all this stuff. And, and you Why'd know, you it's, it's, me for coffee? it's, what's that? <laughs> Why'd you point at me for coffee? <laughs> going to coffee like twice in the morning. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're actually grinding, right? And like, yeah. that's, it's it's when you track your numbers and like it's great to hear you actually say that um you know you can back into whatever goal you want yeah right just one thing so when you said that you you meant four days not six days just to correct that so four days you're working in the morning and then you're getting back to that yeah Yeah. so yeah breaking down of the calls yeah sorry i meant i meant like working six days like because you're trying to take off either saturday or Yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah um Let's talk about, uh, real quick, because you mentioned prospecting in the morning. I think a lot of newer agents, at least when I'm talking to people about either you know recruiting agents or talking about new agents who are just getting into the industry, they are super excited. And, you know, but what they want to talk about is social media and they want to talk about, you know, these glamorous things like we talked about expectation versus reality. And what's exciting to them a lot of times is just, you know, showing these fancy houses and and all of this stuff. But I think what a lot of them don't realize is, um, you know, the old school initiatives of actually using the phone. Right. A lot of people Mm -hmm. fear the phone. So can you talk about how, you know, how you've been able to do a lot of these transactions because of, you know, outbound 
calls? Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, I'm obviously uh, on a great team that I, you know, there are lead sources that I do, you know, get, but it's generating those leads and converting them and calling them. So um, even, you know, that example we were talking about earlier with only having that email, getting that person's phone number, getting them on the phone to be, you know, able to explain, yep, I'm a real person and I can help you. I can add value. Um, Having real conversations um, and, you know, not just dialing it, just to dial and and leave a voicemail. So trying to seek out every day um, what new opportunity there is and and not being, you know, getting in your head before calling them. So there's, you know, now lists of people that when we go in the morning, you know, we're planning on calling and, you know, maybe I didn't have a a good conversation with that person a couple months ago, but maybe they're in a better mood today. And, you know, the goal is not for me to be annoying, but there was a reason that that person reached out. At some point they were looking to buy or sell or they were looking for help. So just adding that value again and, and to keep going forward. Cause it, it, it is, you know, um, all going back to the numbers and, and all of our numbers are different of, you know, what our goal is to call every day, but to know that that's what motivates all of us, you know, to hit that, you know, minus 35 contacts every morning to hit that 35. I know I'm closer to one more deal getting accepted that week. So yeah, Putting all those pieces together is exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know, as we're talking about this, I'm like, you know, a sexy title for this would be like 40 closed transactions in my first year, all done by text messages. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I think no. that's what people want. They like that's what agents want. That's what they yeah. want to believe. They want to yeah. think that I can just text somebody and that they're gonna be like, Yes, I would like to make the most important decision or most important purchase of my mm-hmm. life all via text message, right? Yes, don't get me wrong. You could get somebody's attention by a text. You yeah. could get them to re-engage on a text. Yeah. But maybe I'm old school, but I think until you get them on the phone, you can't do any sort of business uh, unless it's on the phone or in person, right? Yeah. But all those methods are good to re-engage email and stuff because you need to mix up your different initiatives. But it, it's, I think at the end of the year, if, if your only prospecting method is text messages and emails, you're going to be, you know, instead of at 40 deals, you're going to be at seven or eight deals. If yeah. That. Oh, yeah. I think what that revolves around is rejection. And it's like people who are scared of rejection. It's interesting because one of our coaches, I don't even remember who said it. Maybe John said it once that we get paid the big bucks, the big bucks because of the rejection that we face and the hard conversations that we have. Yeah. So it's the ones who are avoiding that rejection are the ones who are sending the texts and the emails. For you, Nikki, I know, especially when starting, for me, I was horrified getting rejected. Uh, how did you deal with it? Because you were speaking to clients. You weren't speaking to prospects. So how were you okay with getting rejected more and being okay with getting rejected and not being afraid of it? Were you rejected as a child? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> No, I, um, yeah, no, it is interesting actually, because like what you were just saying, a client is very different than a prospect or, you know, a random person that's reached out. Um, I, I have confidence when I'm speaking with people because I have been through situations, but again, it's being constantly around, you know, um, a team that I'm learning from and things like that in my own experiences. But, um, I think just 
again, but being a real person, it's obviously sometimes people are, are rude or, or don't want something, but it, it's not a big deal and not to take that, you know, stressful call onto the next call. It's a new person, new, you know, a whole new situation. Um, just going in again, positive mindset. Some people are crazy. Some people are not, but it's, you know, it's, it's just, uh, continuing, I guess, to push forward. Yeah. I think the difference between you and, and, you know, an average agent is just that, you know, a lot of times if a new agent picks up the phone and they call somebody and they get screamed at, right? Even if it's somebody who inquired on Zillow and said, when can I see this house? Because I, I, some of you people watching this will think this is crazy, but this is what happens. Yeah. People on Zillow will, will inquire and say, when can I see 123 Main Street? And someone like Nikki might call them back and say, hey, I'd love to show you 123 Main Street. And they say, why the hell are you calling me? Yep. And it's like, is this the same person? <laughs> and yeah. that will shatter a lot of new agents. They will not yeah. pick up the phone for you know another month. Yeah. But someone like you is like, maybe they're just having a bad day. Yeah. I'll, boop, 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 I'll call him tomorrow or I'll yeah. call him in three hours. Right. Yep. And you just you can sort of shake it. I don't know how you, you what you call that. Shaking it off, starting at zero, yeah. not letting yeah. it hurt you, whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's like a defense mechanism because like what we're you know, we we're just talking about earlier. Most of what everyone is doing all day or even when they're at work is emailing, slacking, G chatting, you know, messaging people all day like I feel like people are, you know, sometimes thrown off with the actual call or reaching out and then they want to defend themselves. You know, you're a salesperson, you're calling them to, you know, sell them something, which is what they wanted, but yeah. they don't want to show their cards. So, um, again, by telling them to, you know, all right, I'll catch you in another <laughs> time. I'll try you. And, and it's so fun. That's, that's another thing too. It's we, we get so with the ego of, oh my gosh, this person 92 days ago, they yelled at me. They're, I can't call them today. They literally could not even remember your first name at maybe that point. So yeah. just getting past that point, too, of you're not that important. And, you know, there may be another opportunity, I think, is is probably, too, for another, you know, new agents that's, you know, oh, my gosh, the fear. But it, they, they don't remember you. I don't even remember, like, what I wore yesterday. So exactly. it's um, it, that, that's a that's probably a big thing, too. That's one of my coaches once said to me, he said, um, well, let's ask Nikki. Nikki, <laughs> when was the last time you went to dinner with your boyfriend? Uh, last week. Last Friday. week. Friday. All right. Do you guys remember word for word what you talked about? Or do you remember? I mean, maybe some topics, but right. not word for word. Definitely not. That's your boyfriend. And that's a week ago. Yeah. And you can't remember. Right. Exactly. So a prospect has no idea that you tried to call them, that they offended you, that you offended them, that you yeah. didn't know what you're talking about. It doesn't work like that. People don't have the attention span to remember. And like you said, you're not that important, right? You're no. just one person who interrupted whatever they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, that, that's, <clears throat> I think the more rejection you get, it's like a callus that you grow in your hand, right? Mm -hmm. You become numb to it. Zig Ziglar had a, a really, really awesome recording. I used to listen to it when I first started because I was horrified of getting rejected. And I was just like, why? You're so mean. I'm trying to help. Um, but you learn that it's because someone kicked their cat. And if you watch that Zig Ziglar video, you'll understand <laughs> that someone bothered them and they're just taking out their anger on whoever's oh, in front yeah. of them. So it's never personal. They don't know you to make it personal. And your goal is just to get 
them when they're in the right mood or in the right mindset to be able to make a decision to do something. And that's really all it is. But it's a numbers game at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And what, it's interesting because all the topics that we've talked about all kind of wrap into one part, right? The stricter you are with the schedule, the more freedom you have, which is something that a lot of people won't understand unless they implement it, right? The more you are committed to developing your skills and what you, knowing what to say, the more confident you are, the more competent you can be in delivering the value to the people you're actually servicing. So you're not calling them saying, hey, uh, just, just following up. You're actually providing value. Mm-hmm. With everything that's, that's there and what you learned so far in your first year, looking back at the person that you were a year ago, what, what do you wish you would have known then that could have even sped you up faster? Um, I think it's something I, I still struggle with, but just, um, not making decisions for other people, um, and getting things done. There's so many times, like I've I've seen so many situations and had different conversations, but again, I'm still surprised every day. So again, taking myself out of it, being there to, you know, help them with making those decisions, but, you know, not making decisions, not that I make decisions for people, but be nervous of those outcomes, getting it done, moving forward and moving on to the next thing. It feels so good to like feel like, oh my gosh, I got that done and over with. And I was nervous about having that conversation. I was nervous about telling that buyer they didn't get it or that they did get it and or, or whatever the case is. So yeah. taking myself um, even further out of things, um, be more confident that, you know, if I'm not in those things, I can help guide them and, and be there to do what my job is. Yeah. So yeah. what you said is golden, but can you yeah. get more specific with that? Because not a lot of people understand what you just said, the, but the that's golden a golden part nugget. Was taking yourself out of it. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Taking the emotion yeah. out of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So elaborate a little bit on that. Give, give us an example. example. Can you give us an example? Um, Can I give you the example? Yeah. You gave me the other day. <laughs> I think you have an example that you want to share with us. Yeah. Whoever's you, listening you, to this, this me is about the big example. This is a big, big takeaway that every agent struggles with. All right. Yeah. So remember, we had Go. we had a listing. You and I together, it was seven hundred thousand yes. dollars. Do you remember this? Nine I won't say the address. I won't say <laughs> yeah, it. No. One two three Main Street. Yep. We had this listing, right? And we thought for sure this seller would never take anything less than seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So when we got an offer at six eighty, you and I were both afraid to present it, right? Not mm-hmm. afraid, but we were like, ah. Yeah, no. In our heads, we were like, they will not take this offer. Yeah. And what did we do? We made up the decision for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe we didn't present it immediately. We waited an hour, two hours. We finally made the call and we said, hey, we got got an offer. Right. And if this was me three years ago, I'd be like, hey, uh, we got an offer that I, I don't think yeah. you're going to like. But instead we were like, hey, we got an offer. It's at six hundred and eighty thousand. What did they say? How soon can they close? Yep. Let's do it. And all that yeah. work up and emotion, and yeah. excitement. Got to take the emotion out of it and just say, yeah. hey. This is the offer. Yeah. It's actually a very strong offer. Mm-hmm. And we suggest that you take it. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just not escalating, you know, for someone else to, like you're saying, the emotions. It's, you know, being able to assist and guide them, but everyone's going to make their own decisions. And even though we do ask all these questions and understand maybe where certain people are coming from, like in that example, we knew Oh, no way. But 
it's their decision at the end of the day and, and not making those decisions for people, helping them get to that point and moving on to the next. Yeah. And I think there's two things that exist too. Number one, you can't assume that every client shares everything with you. So they could be mm. telling you that this is exactly what they need when they have some flexibility. And number two, people's lives change every single day, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if they were really firm on 700,000 a week ago, well, they could have found out this morning that, you know, their job starts earlier than they thought and they need to be there quicker. And for them, it's not worth, you know, arguing over $5,000. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, you, go ahead. No, I was just going to say not interjecting yourself in that decision, not yeah. putting yourself in between that and the outcome then. Yeah. And, and I think this is a good segue because as we've all talked about recently, the market is clearly changing. Right. And we're definitely getting into a world where interest rates now are, you know, twice what they were last year. Right. Yeah. We've gone from three percent to six percent. And uh, tell us a little bit about how that's changed over the last couple of weeks for you and your business and and, you know, what you're doing to offset that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, definitely changed, changed quickly, too. Um, you know, whether it's rates, um, just like the atmosphere of the market and there's things that are changing, but, um, it's reminding me. And I think all of us again, of, of all those skills that we've been practicing and working on and coaching and training that, you know, to continue to do that so that, you know, we're ready. It's, I, you know, was thinking about it too. Like, I think a lot of agents right now are scared and it's, exciting i'm excited you know to just kind of see what this i you know i this is i've never been in a market that we're going to get into and i think it's going to you know weed out some of those people that don't want to have those difficult conversations you know don't want don't know the skills that it takes you know um it's not going to be listing a house and getting 10 offers there's going to be skills involved so um, and some skills I don't think that some agents that are actively working now necessarily want to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just getting excited to more opportunities, honestly, is, is what I'm looking at it like. That's powerful. You just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really good. To, to, hear, to, to hear that you're, you said you were excited where most agents are like, holy shit, I've never, I've, I've been able to do deals without having to talk to my seller. Right? Yeah. I list a home in a million dollars and offers come in at a million dollars and I don't have to answer questions of like, how come there was only one showing last weekend or when are you going to hold another open house or how come there's no ad in the New York times and <laughs> all these crazy things that, you know, that sellers, you know, will ask if yeah. their home doesn't go under contract immediately. So to hear you say you're excited, you know, it goes sort of brings me back to that quote that we were talking about this morning. Do you guys remember? It's a quiz. If you stay ready, you don't have yeah. to get ready, right? Yeah. So our whole mantra in our office is just like constantly working on our skills, constantly mm -hmm. making sure we're prepared so that when, when shit does hit the fan, we're ready. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. It, right? it becomes second nature. So. And, and if you think about it this way, like offers you've been submitting over the last six to nine months, right? How many times, how, how many people are you competing against? 15 other serious buyers, 20 other serious buyers, 40 other serious buyers, a, a lot, a lot of other buyers. Yeah. yeah. Right. So 
what what Nikki's saying is that there's been times where she's making offers on properties and there's sometimes 40 other bidders, right? And sometimes mm -hmm. you're getting outbid and sometimes most of the time I like to think, you know, you're you're winning the bid. Um, but what I'm getting at is that in this market, when there's a lot less buyers making offers, sometimes three or four now, right? Mm -hmm. You're that much more prepared and you can make your offer stand out because that's what you've yeah. been doing yeah. in the hard yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. The <clears throat> one thing that comes to mind that I want to share with you guys is the when you think about be always ready so that you don't have to get ready. Hindsight's always 2020. If everybody listening to this thinks about what happened during the pandemic, they can think about a couple of people, maybe people they know, people they heard about who actually made a significant amount of money during a pandemic where people were horrified hiding in their houses. Right. It reminds me of the story about the two brothers. So in New York, there was two businesses, two pizzerias, essentially a block away from each other. One was owned by, owned by this guy who had a bunch of staff, and another one was owned by uh, two brothers who also had staff, but they were operating the business together. The pandemic hit. The older gentleman who owned the pizzeria was trying to figure out a way to get those, uh, the government grants to pay his employees. The two brothers went straight to Home Depot, bought a bunch of lumber, and built a to-go rack so that they can actually still operate their business. They saw a massive opportunity. Because of the pandemic, they were able to open up three other pizzerias. So when you think about the aspect of being ready, when there's a downturn, that's when you actually grow even more. You take over more market share because your value and everything that you've been sharpening your, your skills, your blade for, that's when it comes to shine. Because the agents who went on presentations and said, hey, I'm going to suggest a price point of 500000 and the seller says, I want 600000 the response back is, okay. <laughs> Those are the people who die out very quickly because that's no value. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you have to ask yourself too. agents who were successful over the last year, were they successful because of skills or because of a very market. good market? Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like like we said, if you were if you were able to get a listing, oftentimes it was selling over the last year or so. Right. With very yeah. little. Let's be honest. Right. A lot. Of, you know, you didn't really have to roll up your sleeves. Right. You price it right. You do the photos. You do the things that we all do really well. Well, and you do the right marketing and, you, and you, you know, you're you're doing the right initiatives. But those were easier sales than what we've experienced over the last you know, five or six years. Yeah. Right. But again, you have to ask yourself, did those sales happen because of the skills or because of a great market? Exactly. Because if it was really just a great market, you did what's going to happen to those agents now? Yeah. So and that's, again, where I think someone with the skills like you have Gets is really skill. going to shine. Yep. You know, because I don't think there's any reason you can't do, no pressure, 60 transactions in the next 12 months, right? Mm. I mean, you've already told us you could do six or six or seven closings in one month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that would be 72. Yeah. <laughs> I knew someone yeah. was going to do the math there. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, and again, the, those skills, working on those skills, it becomes natural. So it's, yeah. A lot of what you were just saying, obviously a good market and good rates and motivated buyers, motivated sellers. There's, you know, you could probably do a whole deal without having a difficult conversation. But, yeah. you know, being able to know how to answer in what way and, and, you know, in a beneficial way and obviously a helpful way too to a client. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that can come up. It's, it's not easy being a real yeah. estate agent. So. And you know, it's crazy. We were talking about this on a call with uh, Novello too, a mastermind. He's like, you know, it, it changes the whole dynamic of our business, right? Mm 
Like if we, when we go into a, a, a down market, we need to have a whole different staff and setup, right? Because now we have to have people who are equipped to talk to our sellers and have those same difficult conversations, right? We could essentially in the last year or so get by, and we did with not, you know, not the most efficient or, you know, not a lot of support roles, right? Yeah. Now you literally have to bulk up because of the more difficult conversations, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, like those days of putting something under contract in five days with 17 <laughs> offers and not having to have those hard conversations, it's, it's, it's going to be a while before we see that again. Yeah. Though, as we come to the end of this, I have a couple questions for you, Nikki. Okay. Uh, all right. So first, what was the biggest lesson you learned over the last 18 months of your career? Biggest lesson? I mean, I, f I don't want to like re-answer, but I mean, kind of again of uh, taking yourself out of it, um, mm -hmm. not being attached to outcomes and... The, the accountability. I mean, the accountability is huge for me. I don't think um, I'd be able to do this job without that and without a team that could support that. So, um, yeah, I guess that's yeah. a big takeaway there. And that's I think what huge. you said is important, not yeah. being attached to the outcome. Yeah. yeah. Right. Committed to the actions, not to the outcomes. And what, what, yeah. and what I think you mean by that is like, hey, if you submit an offer and the buyer doesn't get it, and you can actually say to yourself, hey, did I give them direction on pricing? Did mm -hmm. I give them direction on down payment? Direction on which lender they should use? Um, closing time frame. Everything that you've been trained to do. And if they took your advice or didn't take your advice, doesn't really matter. You gave them the direction. You did your job. And, you know, if they got it, great. Then that's, you know, should be celebrated. And if yep. they didn't. It, it's probably because they didn't take your advice. Yeah. The mantra is if it's meant, to, if it's meant to be yours, it will be yours. Or if it's meant for you, yeah. it'll be yours, which is so true. Yeah. And seriously, yeah, one of the other questions is if let's say your sister Shannon comes up to you and says, Nikki, I'm going into <laughs> real estate and you can only give her one piece of advice and it's the only advice for her to get into the business. What would that piece of advice be? Shout out Shannon. <laughs> Shout out Shannon. Fabby. Um, I, um, <laughs> I mean, um, not that I think I have it all figured out. I definitely do not. But um, <laughs> joining, uh, join a different company. Being a part of, yeah, no, get away from my. <laughs> no. <laughs> joining a team that you think aligns with you know the same beliefs and um, outcomes that you want. You know, I I can. Uh, you know, working with John and working with you, Kiro, too, like, it, you know, I, I can see the outcomes of that and being able to replicate that, be around that um, in, instead of going into it blind. I really feel like 90% of the agents that are in these classes are getting their license. It's just, we're going to wing it. We're going to do it. And, and, you know, you should, you're kind of doing a disservice to yourself um, by doing that you know, having a plan, it, it's a job, you know, this is, we do this full time. So to take that seriously and, um, have a plan and, and then stick to that plan. So that's the, yeah. that, the advice I give to Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Nikki, we really appreciate you spending, uh, all this time with us today. If anybody wanted to reach out to you and just, you know, network with you or mastermind with you, 
what's the best way for them to reach you? What's, what's the best email? Uh, best email, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at lighthouseresidential.com. Reach out to me. Happy to talk. Awesome. Well, hey, listen, we learn as much from you as you do from us, and we're grateful to have you oh. and see your face every day because it lights us up. So thank you, and you are the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me.